Ladies and gentlemen, drivers, gig workers, and everyone in between, welcome to This Week in Rideshare Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Hoffa. It is Friday, February 9th, and this week, Lyft promises pay, Minneapolis considers a minimum wage, and Waymo hits a bicyclist. Legal Rideshare breaks it down. And from Legal Rideshare, I'm joined by the co-founder and lead attorney, Bryant Greening. Bryant, happy sunny Friday. Happy sunny Friday. What is it, springtime in Chicago? <laughs> you know, this is where drivers, uh, you know how this works and, and audience alike. It's, this is, they, they trick you, Bryant. It's, it's sunny in February in Chicago, and then we get hammered with snow in May. It's just it, it, it's what happens. It's true, but I got to think it might be a, a busy weekend here for drivers because people want to be out and about while we do have the nice weather. That's true, actually. This you know this is a good time for people to get excited to go out. Um, so hopefully, yeah, good pay, good uh, good weekend. Hopefully, that's that's the goal. And actually, a lot of our topics today are based on some good news for drivers, and we'll we'll jump right into it. Kind of shocking, but good news. Uh, we're going to start with Lyft. They have announced that drivers are going to receive seventy percent of payments. Now, this is from CBS News. Uh, and they reported, quote, the rideshare company is pledging to pay its lower earning drivers the difference between their take-home pay and 70% of their clients' fares each week. Uh, on Tuesday, Lyft said its drivers on average earn about 88% of rider payments after taxes and other fees. But it did note that about 15 in 100 drivers earn less than 70%. Um, so, Brian, this is actually good news for drivers. It sounds like they're trying to make up the difference. I, I always like to see the companies trying to put more money in drivers' pockets. One thing that Lyft has going for it is that it can step in and it can be the good guy if it chooses to be. Um, drivers have been extremely dismayed with both the companies for a long period of time. Um, Uber doesn't really seem to have any interest in reaching out to, to drivers to make amends. And um, if Lyft wants to take the opportunity to get on the driver's good side and, and put more money in, in driver's pockets, I'm certainly not going to stand in their way. Yeah, you know, it's. I think it's a smart move. And, you know, I don't know if they're taking the playbook playbook from some of these other smaller rideshare companies um, like Her Ride or Rides. But you do see momentum when you actually treat a driver well. The driver quality goes up, more drivers are interested. And as we discussed last week, you know, when you do the reverse, as Uber has done, the quality of the service drops, which means people don't want to do it. So maybe, just maybe, Lyft is realizing, hey, uh, if drivers are happy, the service is better, passengers are happy, and ultimately they make more money. So um, that's that's a really big, really big thing. They've also mentioned in this article that they're going to offer an extra $100 for drivers who complete 50 rides with an electric vehicle within a week. So they're kind of throwing some money at the drivers here and saying, hey, we want to we want to support you. I can't say that's a bad thing. Definitely not. And Lyft needs to do everything that it can to differentiate itself from Uber. We've seen how the companies have gone on different uh, paths and Uber's really dominated over the past couple of years. Ever since we came out of the pandemic, it's been rideshare has been Uber's game. So you know, what Lyft can do is step in, try to be the good guy again, which really was their roots. That's why drivers really took to Lyft to begin with. Um, if they can get back to their roots, maybe they've got an opportunity to gain some momentum and pull some of the market back to themselves. 
Yeah, I hope so. I guess we'll see. This is just announced on you know Tuesday, so we will see what kind of ripple effect it has. I'm sure we'll be covering it uh, in the future. More potentially good news for drivers, and this is from Minneapolis. We've talked about this many a times, but uh, Minneapolis is considering a minimum wage for drivers, and this is from Axios, and they reported, quote, if Minneapolis leaders enact a proposal being pushed by rideshare activists, Uber and Lyft drivers would be guaranteed to make the equivalent of the minimum wage, which is 15.57 an hour. And that's according uh, from a new report from the city auditor. So the mayor and members of city council are actually exploring three different models for minimum pay. The model that drivers prefer, which would pay them $1.40 per mile and $0.52 per minute, would likely deliver the highest pay, uh, is one of the auditor uh, audit staffers told the council. So we have talked about Minneapolis many a times, including MOLDA, which I think is the big driver organization. It seems like they're hammering it again, Bryant. They're trying to get something passed. I love the persistence. It seems like every time they try to step in and, and create some positive momentum, they find a roadblock. And what we've talked about over and over again is that you just can't stop. Eventually, these measures are going to find a way through. If you don't get X, then fight for Y. Um, and I, I love to see that, that in Minneapolis, they're just not taking no for an answer. These drivers are determined. They're setting an example for drivers throughout the country. And you know, good things are going to happen. We, we've seen minimum wages take effect in other cities. We've, we understand that Uber and Lyft don't pack up their bags and leave when measures like this go through. Uh, the drivers deserve to, to earn a, a living wage. And I love to see the fight um, going as hard as it is. And, and I'm optimistic for the future. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was maybe less than six months ago that it really looked like Minneapolis had a huge win. I mean, had gone all the way to, I believe, the mayor's desk. And then, you know, whether pressure or whatever didn't go through, but they were so close. I'm glad they're not giving up. Like you said, they're pushing and saying, look, you, we almost got that far before we got to get something done. And again, it just becomes a playbook for other states and other cities to see, OK, well, they did it. Why can't we have something? And we and we talk about this a lot. It doesn't need to be cookie cutter for every state or every city. We understand that you know drivers have different needs in different places, but it doesn't mean you, you can't make a living. I mean, I think that's the basics here. That's it. And each step along the way, drivers are gaining more. So if they are able to get this minimum wage to pass, great. So that's a they chalk that that victory up, and then go on for the next bat battle. Then go fight for deactivations. Then go, you know, come up with uh, plans for the the companies to pay for safety. As we've seen in the past, a lot of times these huge measures where they try to get everything at once, they, they don't go through. Um, I love the idea of let's go fight for minimum wage, put that, put that money in our pockets, then let's go fight for the next thing, then the next thing. So I think what they're doing is really smart. I think it's got a really good chance of passing. Um, and I'm optimistic for, for the next uh, you know, few months. And, and hopefully we're talking about drivers making a lot more money over in Minneapolis. Yeah, I'd love to hear it. Love to see how this proceeds. Again, I'm sure that we'll be talking about this in the next couple of weeks, couple of months. This is, this is, these things are very organic and ongoing. So we will see. Uh, we're going to end our stories with a unfortunate story. Luckily, no one was uh, seriously injured, but we've been talking about this in the past as well. This is a driverless car that hits a bicyclist. 
Um, and this is a Waymo vehicle actually hit a bicyclist in San Francisco. Now, this is reported by The Verge. And they said, quote, a driverless Waymo vehicle struck a cyclist in San Francisco, causing minor injuries. But this is the latest incident in the city at a time when tensions around autonomous vehicles are particularly high after the driverless cruise vehicle injured a pedestrian. Uh, the incident first reported by Reuters occurred at 3.02 p.m. on February 6th, uh, at kind of an intersection downtown in San Fran. Um, now, the, what's interesting about this is, is a, it was a flat, well-lit area surrounded by warehouses with unprotected bike lanes. So the Waymo uh, spokesperson said that the vehicle had stopped at a four-way stop as an oncoming large truck began to turn into the intersection. The vehicle waited until it was its turn and then also began to proceed to the intersection, failing to notice the cyclist who was traveling behind the truck. So again, Bryant, this is, we discussed this before. It's I, obviously, I, I just don't think it's ready when something as small as a large truck caused this car to hit a bicyclist. Yeah, I think what we're learning here is that one, the technology is not quite there. And two, that we're still a long way away from figuring out how to first make people safe on the roadway with safe driving cars. And, and two, what happens when people are injured by self-driving cars? Um, companies like Waymo and Uber and all the others, are they're putting these cars on the road. They're forcing them on the community. It's not as if there's a, a vote and the community members are saying, yes, let's be the guinea pigs for this new technology that puts us all in danger. Um, we're seeing over and over that when these vehicles are on the road, people are getting hurt. They're crashing into objects. They're crashing into vehicles. They're crashing into people. Um, there needs to be accountability. And until we figure out how to make everybody safe and how to hold um, the companies accountable for the injuries that they cause, I'm of the opinion that they shouldn't be sharing the streets with our uh, community, our, our other vehicles and our pedestrians. So um, this is just, it's a sad story and, and it just highlights something that we've talked a lot about in the past. Yeah. We've been covering this for actually, honestly, probably years by this point. And it, what it seems to me is that a lot of this, the, the stories and articles, let's say even 2020, 2021, were really focused on Waymo and, and all these autonomous vehicles doing test runs. A lot of it was about the test runs in these safe areas. And I almost feel like investors were getting annoyed that it was taking so long. And they said, well, hell with it. Just throw them in the streets. And so now the things that you used to hear about, like, oh, the autonomous vehicle didn't stop for a child. It was, you know, it was a prop child. Now it's not prop people. You know, now it's like they're testing it on these streets and it's not ready. Um, and there's just, so, we, I mean, you've talked about this before. There's just so many variables when it comes to accidents. And it's something like, okay, flat area, well lit. The variable was there was just a big truck. And so the, the autonomous vehicle is like, okay, well, I don't see the bike. Smash. Right. It's, it's kind it, of scary. It, it's unacceptable. We can't be deploying these vehicles on our public roads before they're ready. And it's driving is already an ultra hazardous proposition. So people get injured and killed every day by humans who are well-trained on how to drive and not by vehicles that have all the safety bells and whistles that are required by law and that all the companies are competing to be the safest car on the roadway and accidents still happen. So 
what we know is that the technology is not there. These vehicles are not able to see what they need to see. They're not able to adapt the way they need to adapt. They're, they're just, the, the public roadway is not the place for the technology to get the, you know, the kinks out. Like that needs to be done in private uh, areas, in, you know, in big warehouses, wherever they want to do it that keeps the public safe, that's fine. But when you get on the public roads, you better damn well be ready to do so. And, and the, as you said, the investors, um, the companies, um, they're just they're tired of waiting and, and people are getting hurt as a result. Yeah, it's wild stuff. I'm sure we won't hear the end of that either. So really, this week is about the ongoing stories more than the what happened this week. It's kind of an interesting week as far as the theme goes. Um, but that is definitely um, the three we want to talk about this week. But obviously, Brian, I'm going to give you the floor before we head off into the weekend. And hopefully it stays nice and sunny. Hopefully it stays nice and sunny. And, and uh, assuming it does, as we said at the beginning, there's going to be a lot of people out and about. So if you find yourself in an accident, if you find yourself injured, while you're working, please give us a call. Uh, you can reach us at LegalRideShare.com. You can find us on all social media platforms. Um, we are ready to give free consultations to anybody who needs it. Please don't wait to contact us so that we can help um, give you a solid foundation for your accident and injury claim and make sure that you get all the damage that damages that you're entitled to recover. Awesome. Thank you, Bryant. And as I like to say, that is the end of this week in Rideshare. See you next week.